DIY Health Radio here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network and simulcasting on Spreaker, Jitsi, and free conference call. <laughs> uh, it is Thursday. Uh, anyway, I'm Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You're your host. You can call me Sarge. And it's Thursday, July 6, 2023. We are live. If you're listening to this anytime other than July 6, 2023, then it's obviously recording. But right now, we are live. And uh, hope everybody enjoyed their uh, 4th of July, Independence Day, and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, I didn't have a bad time. My dogs uh, survived it. Normally, they're, you know, all the people in the neighborhood are shooting off fireworks. But we didn't have that many this year, thank goodness. And because uh, they normally freak out and run and hide and get all shaky and everything. But uh, wasn't too bad. Had a little bit last night and a little bit uh, Tuesday night. But otherwise, not too shabby. But uh, hope everybody had a good time um, and survived it. You know, personally, I'm getting tired of holidays. I just assume every day be the same. But uh, <laughs> that's just me. Messes up my schedule, something fierce. You know, obviously, we didn't have a show on Tuesday as a result of that. But, uh, you know, we're, we're making do. And, um, oh, there's something else I forgot. No, maybe I didn't. I want to double check here. I always have to check my settings. There we are, and oh, I guess I did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just had to double check something here. But anyway, uh, on Tuesday, my wife and I went and uh, checked out the uh, the new movie uh, starring Jim Caviezel, the guy who starred in uh, as played Jesus in uh, the Passion of the Christ, and it's called uh, Sound of Freedom, and it's all about. Um, it's a true story of a former FBI agent by the name of Tim Ballard, who used to work on pedophiles. And although he had arrested 288 pedophiles, he had never been able to free or um, rescue any of the children who were being uh, trafficked for sex slavery. And it really got to him. And finally, he uh, basically ended up leaving the FBI and going off on his own and ended up in Colombia working with some other people who uh, hated the uh, sex trafficking trade as much as he did. And uh, ended up, it's basically, it's the story of how he rescued a boy and girl, a brother and sister, um, from this uh, terrible, terrible lifestyle. And... Um, it's not something they chose, obviously. They were uh, tricked into it. Even their father was tricked into turning the kids over. They thought they were going to a uh, talent show um, uh, audition. And as it turns out, when he went back to pick them up at 7 o'clock in the evening, everybody was gone. And thus started a uh, uh, major hunt 
and um, is a great movie. I encourage everybody to check it out. Um, if I can find it here real quick, um, I want to play the trailer for it. I think I've still got it um, somewhere. Maybe not. Hmm. Well, nuts. Thought it was right here, but I guess it's not. Well, we'll just find it here real quick. Um, there we go. Um, they're shooting for 2 million people in the first week. And so far, they have, uh, they're shooting well. Right now, the current milestone is 1.6 million. They're at 1.397. So they're getting there. Uh, tickets are selling like crazy. They also have a pay it forward thing where if you um, would like to, you can purchase tickets for uh, somebody who is not able to purchase them themselves, which I have done. And um, anyway, here's the trailer. Let's uh, let me set this up so that. Um, uh, good grief. Where did my I'll live stream it or stream it on Jitsi? Uh, here we go. All righty, here we are. The official trailer for Sound of Freedom. How many pedophiles you got? 288. How many kids you found? It is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. It has already passed the illegal arms trade. And soon it's going to pass the drug trade. Because you can sell a bag of cocaine one time with a child five to ten times a day. God's children are not for sale. How long have you been doing this? Twelve years now. How many pedophiles you got? 288. How many kids you found? For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. Which means she'll disappear for good. Imagine walking into a room right now, seeing an empty bed. What we do? You quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. So at this moment, she could be a block down the road, or she could be in Moscow, Bangkok, L.A. She's a major operator. It's all rebel territory. No one goes in. Not the army, not the police, not us. What if this was your daughter? There's no Marine unit coming. You're on your own. This job tears you to pieces. And this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. When God tells you what to do, you cannot hesitate. An 
estimated two million children are trafficked every year, and we can help them. Sound of Freedom is based on a true story about real-life heroes saving kids from the dark world of child trafficking. We know this is heartbreaking and it hurts to look at, but the first step in helping these children is hearing their story. Not enough people know this problem exists, and even fewer people are willing to do anything about it. Our goal is to inspire two million people to attend the film's opening weekend, to represent the two million trafficked children around the world, to spread the word. Angel Studios set up a Pay It Forward program where you can pay for someone else's ticket who might not otherwise see it. If the ticket price is stopping you from attending, claim your free ticket at angel.com/freedom. Sound of Freedom opens the week of July 4th. Every parent, every adult, and every teenager in America should be there to see it. If millions of us come together today to see this film, we could propel the movement to help save millions of children around the world. And you can send the message that God's children are no longer for sale. I'll tell you what, sitting through that movie was difficult to see what these kids were going through. And they did, it was an excellent production. It was actually made five years ago and they just now are being able to air it because there was so much, um, pressure against it. And, uh, I'm putting this in the uh, chat rooms on all three, um, platforms here. And if I can get to free conference call, there we go. Yeah, so it's there so you can get information on it. Um, but, um, yeah, the uh, there was all kinds of pressure to keep this thing from airing because people at the highest, highest levels of entertainment industry, uh, the medical industry, the uh, politics, they're involved in this. You know, it, it's it's sad that they, when they made this movie, they basically ended up, it was about two kids from Honduras that were taken and ended up being shipped to Colombia. All you got to do is go to the southern border and see what's going on right there. Children are being trafficked across our border every single day, and the Biden abomination is not just turning their back and letting it happen. They are actively engaged in it. The other sad thing is, it's my understanding anyway, that Jim Caviezel is a devout Catholic and Catholic charities, the Catholic church is one of the biggest traffickers out there. I'm not sure if he's aware of it or not, but um, at the Southern border, you have, I've seen reports over and over and over again from different people they see the same woman over and over bringing young children. She claims, oh, there's my uh, my niece and nephew or whatnot. And she gives them off to somebody, in many cases, people from Catholic charities. And a day later, she's back again with more kids, turning them over again. Tell me that isn't trafficking. Tell me that she's not actively involved in moving these kids that have probably been stolen from their homes and are scared to death and don't know what to do. And they're being stuck into this life 
that most will never get out of. Most will never survive it. That's the problem with with situations like this. When these children reach a certain age, they're no longer a valuable commodity to the customers that these people deal with. And in many cases, they're just killed. They become the the last act or the last um, uh, sexual activity they have is part of a snuff film. And if you're not familiar with that, it's where at the end of the film, the perpetrator slits the throat of the victim and they bleed out on camera. Another disgusting thing, but that's what these sick people are into. And it's hard enough to talk about. It's even harder to see it. And that's why so many people, you know, don't want to look at this stuff. But every man, woman, and child, or teenager in this country needs to be aware of what's going on. And I encourage people to click the link, buy your tickets, buy tickets for other people if you can. And please don't take the free tickets unless you honestly can't afford them. Don't look at this as, oh, I'm going to go to a free movie. (laughs) When you've got money in your pocket that you could pay for your ticket plus somebody else's. Look at this as seriously. And keep in mind also that there's a very big correlation between this and the gay, the LGBT trans movement. You know, they're, it started out, you know, several years ago. Oh, well, we just want to be able to marry the person we love and all that kind of garbage. We want to be left alone and not picked on. We want to have the same rights as everybody else. Well, you do have the same rights as everybody else. If you're a guy, you can marry the woman of your choice. If you're a woman, you can marry the guy of your choice. That's the same as everybody else. But this sick, demented lifestyle has now reared its true ugly head and shown what they're really all about. You know, we will, we're coming for your children. And... Let me see if I can find this real quick. I don't know if I've still got it on my desktop or not, but it's a a very disgusting thing, but it explains exactly what's going on. Um, Yeah, here we go. And again, we'll share this on the screen. Um, If I can get the (laughs) thing to cooperate. Coming for your children. We will convert your children. We'll convert your children. Yes, we will. Reaching one and all. There's really no escaping it. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. We're coming for them. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. Then soon, we're almost certain your kids will start converting you. The gay agenda is coming home. This sounds like some sort of creepy cult or horror movie script or something. Yeah, it does. These are actually lyrics to a song that was just put out by the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir. 
about how they're coming for your children. You think I'm joking. I can see through your screen that you think I'm joking. I'm not joking. This is real. You're about to watch the video right now. See if you can get through it. As we celebrate pride on the progress we've made over these past years, there's still work to be done. So to those of you out there who are still working against equal rights, we have a message for you. You think we're sinful? You fight against our rights. You say we all lead lives you can't respect. But you're just frightened. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked. It's funny, just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. You can keep them from disco. Warn about San Francisco. Make him wear pleated pants, we don't care. We'll convert your children. We'll make them tolerant and fair. At first I didn't get why you'd be so scared of us turning your children into accepting, caring people, but I see now why you'd have a problem. Just like you worried, they'll change their group of friends. You won't approve of where they go at night to protest. Oh, and you'll be disgusted when they start finding things online that you kept far from their sight. Like information. Guess what? You'll, You'll still, still be alright. We'll convert your children. Yes, we will. Reaching one and all, there's really no escaping it. Cause even grandma likes RuPaul. And the world's getting kinder. Gen Z's gayer than grinder. Learn to love, learn to vogue, face your fate. Convert your children. Someone's gotta teach them not to hate. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. Your children will care about Children, and make an ally of you. Yeah. 
you remember back in the day when people used to say, why do conservatives, why do Christians care so much about what grown adults do in their bedroom? Love is love. Stay out of my bedroom. Remember those days? Now it's, we're coming for your children. Yeah. There you have it. They're finally telling the truth of what they're all about. And the people that were standing against it then and now were vindicated. Just an absolute disgusting situation. And if someone want, you know, grown adults want to do whatever they want to do, that's up to them. But this deal of coming after kids, taking away their innocence, their right, God-given right just to grow up as a kid and not have to be indoctrinated with this garbage. The public school systems. If you are a parent that has a kid in the public school system now, what on earth are you thinking? And I don't care. Oh, well, we just live out in a little rural community and there's nothing baloney. It's in the books. It's in there, subtle as can be, but they're being groomed. Every public school in the country, guaranteed. Get your kids out of those rat holes. Homeschool them. I'll tell you what, I taught in a Christian school that started out really good, but it got almost as bad as a public school. I would never have sent my own kids there. And it was one of the better ones in the area. Teach them at home. Give them your values, not... One thing, you've got these, you know, movies coming out, and I I, uh, commend Jim Caviezel and Angel uh, Publications or whatever the name of their uh, productions, you know, for putting this out. It needs to be known. But the thing is, is they didn't have to go to the jungles of Columbia to deal with it and to make a video. They could have just gone to our southern border. And they could have mentioned, but they didn't, the fact that governments, including the United States government, are complicit, are actively engaged in this process, and are not only allowing it, but are implementing it in this country. You didn't have to go to Colombia. Could have gone right down there to, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, California, Texas. It's happening in all those states, right? Coming right across the border. People need to be aware of what's going on. It is a scourge on humanity, and there's no excuse for it being allowed in this country, or anywhere for that matter. But again, it's the rich and famous, the wealthy, and the powerful, politically powerful, that are the primary consumers of this terrible stuff. They have to be stopped. And the only way to do that is for the average people to get involved. Man. You know, it's a sad thing to have to be talking about, especially, you know, during the week of our nation's independence. But this is what happens when independent people sit on their backsides 
and let things happen and just turn their head, bury their heads in the sand, whatever, which is what so many have been doing for so long. But I watch, go see the movie and then tell your friends and buy somebody a ticket. Say, come with me. Uh, we're going to go see this because we need to. Sounds disgusting, is disgusting, but we need to see what's going on. All right. Enough about that stuff. You know, it, it's sad. It's very, very sad. But um, it is. It's real. And like I said, the people that are claiming Oh, we just want to be left alone. We want to be able to do our own thing. No, they cannot continue on. They cannot reproduce within their group. They have to recruit. And young, impressionable minds are who who they're after. Just keep that in mind. Gather my thoughts and figure out where to go from here. It is July, and we are money for green green stuff. Pharmaceutical drug guys just can't get enough. They don't care if you live or you die, long as they get their piece of pie. They convinced you it's the right drug for you, but they didn't tell you what your liver goes through. And just because some MD said jump, your body became a toxic dump. And we are back with a second segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health. And before the break, we were bringing up a new uh, poll Pew poll that uh, finds 59% of Americans oppose Biden admin's plan for to phase out gas-powered cars in favor of EVs, and I got to think it's a lot higher than that. Uh, 59%. I'd like to think that there are more intelligent people in this country than that, but uh, let's see what this thing says. The results of a new poll released uh, on June 28th found that almost three fifths of all of Americans, or 59% opposed the Biden admin's plan to phase out gas-powered cars in favor of electric vehicles. What business is it of theirs in the first place? You know, that's the thing that gets me, is these people just come in, think they can play God, and demand that industry go in a certain direction, you know, even though the uh, technology and materials available don't support it, and the people don't want it. The Pew Research Center polled more than 10,000 Americans from May 30th to June 4th of this year. It stated that overall, 59% of those surveyed do not want gas-powered cars to be eliminated by 2035. In contrast, 40% said they do not or they favor a phase-out of gas-powered vehicles in favor of electric vehicles. 40%. That's the dumb public, generally dumb public, Bubis Americanus, 
who just believes this garbage that Greta Thunberg and all the rest put out there. But you notice they never put any uh, proof of what they're saying, you know, either in the fact that uh, or they claim that, you know, the world's going to end by such and such if we don't stop this or, you know, we can we can switch over to these things, but they never say how. Oh, we're just going to do it. You know, just make it, wave our magic wand and boom, all those gas cars will be gone and all these electric cars will be here and life will be good. Baloney. Only 21% of respondents say they would be excited by the prospect of gas-powered vehicles. <laughs> uh, 45%, more than twice the number of those excited, uh, say they would be upset, while 33% said their feelings would be neutral. The opposition to the phase out of gasoline powered vehicles was more pronounced along party lines and overwhelming 84% of conservative respondents opposed the move compared to 16% who favored a phase out. 64% of liberal respondents favored a phase out while only 35% are against it. Again, liberal is synonymous with idiotic in this day and age. They have no logic. They have no common sense. All they do is act on emotion. And emotion doesn't get the job done, period. There was also a clear divide among uh, respondents based on age. 56% of respondents between uh, age between 18 and 29 support ending the production of new gas-powered cars. Again, they were brought up in an era when education is not a, an option. Only indoctrination. They have been led to believe pretty much their whole life that the hole in the ozone layer is getting bigger and we're going to die from solar radiation and we need new ways of uh, producing power. You know, never mind that it can't be done with the current technology and the number of people that need it, but that's okay. However, respondents age 30 and up are against banning new gas powered cars in favor of EVs because they still have a little bit of common sense. You get above the 50 range, and I'm sure it's almost probably in the 90 percentile range. Anyway, while the Biden abomination has attempted to develop EV infrastructure, Americans have limited confidence that the country will build a network of charging stations to support these vehicles. And the thing is, as they start out, the charging stations become free. But... Once you get them built and everybody gets transitioned, I guarantee you they will no longer be free. They will be expensive, far more expensive than the cost of gassing up a standard gas-powered car. Legislation passed during the Biden abomination set aside $5 billion to build a network of charging stations. Many EV drivers find the current public charging system difficult, you said. <laughs> yeah. The center added that back in April, the Biden abomination proposed new emissions limits for automakers that would dramatically reduce the number of gas-powered cars and trucks automakers could sell. Several state governments have also pushed laws to force the adoption of EVs with California and New York, <laughs> liberal bastions that they are, taking the lead. Under these laws, all new vehicles sold in the, these states must be zero emission by the year 2035. They have a related article, Green Goes Stupid, California to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. What a bunch of morons. 
less than half of response. And the thing is, with the population of California, most people are going to be walking or riding bicycles or scooters or skateboards or something because there would not be enough electric vehicles or the infrastructure to take care of them available by 2035 for the number of people that want cars. It just ain't going to happen. Less than half of respondents view Biden admin climate policies favorably. Myron Ebel, director of the Center for Energy and Environment at Washington, D.C.-based think tank, Competitive Enterprise Institute, blasted the White House for its use of the ex executive branch's muscle to force people toward EVs. They have no business doing that. Show me in the Constitution where the Biden administration has any authority to do that kind of stuff. The Biden abomination is trying to bend every federal rule they can uh, confined to force people into buying EVs, he said in April. There's still a market that allows drivers to buy the vehicles of their choice, but government coercion is rapidly limiting those choices. The Pew poll also found that 50% or half of U.S. adults surveyed espouse a less favorable view, view of the White House's climate policies because they're idiotic. Remarking that the country is headed in the wrong direction, only 45% agree that these climate policies are good for the country. <laughs> Again, 45 stupid people, 45% anyway. The clear divide was also emphasized along party lines. An overwhelming 82% of the Republican respondents believe Biden's climate uh, mandates are bad for the nation. They're terrible <laughs> compared to 15% of GOP respondents who believe otherwise. You know, there's dummies in every group. On the other side of the fence, 76% of Democrats believe the white, the, that the president is doing the right thing with his climate policies compared to 71 or 21% who believe otherwise. Despite these, uh, the Pew survey found that many Americans still support the U.S. involvement in climate change efforts internationally, again, because they're brainwashed idiots. Climate change is nothing but a huge hoax. There is no truth to it whatsoever, and it's all designed to suck people into slavery. 74% of overall respondents say they back America's leading efforts to, to address the issue. Good grief. With 54% of GOP leaning, uh, leaning and, and overall 94% of Democrat leaning respondents also with, the, with that opinion. Given these results, it seems that many are still unaware of the fact that fighting climate change is but a subtle method to take away people's freedoms. Yeah, bit by bit. Watch this report by Gary Franchi of Next News Network about the Wisconsin legislature pushing back against a ban on gas-powered vehicles. Ooh. Well, let's see here. Give me a second, and we'll get this sharing. Here we go. Stop scrolling. we got some breaking news. The Wisconsin Senate has passed bills to preserve access to gas-powered vehicles, snowblowers, and other machines. The bill's aim is to counteract measures like California's 2035 requirement for all new cars, trucks, and SUVs sold in the state to run on electricity or hydrogen. Democrats have opposed such a ban, but the bills ensure Wisconsin's energy needs are met without interference. The state's Chamber of Commerce and Energy Companies recognize the importance of protecting access to natural gas and other reliable power sources. 
with New York already banning natural gas stoves and furnaces in new buildings from 2026. Wisconsin needs to stand up to environmental schemes to limit our freedoms. Dive deeper, get the whole story at our website by tapping the link in our bio. That's really encouraging. It's a noteworthy piece. What's your initial reaction? Type your hot take in the chat, in the comments below, and let's have a back and forth. My hot take followed by yours. Again, this goes back to control. We said in a previous piece that they want to bring in all these electric vehicles under the guise of being able to control you. And thankfully, Wisconsin's stepping up because they recognize how ridiculous it is. I'm actually surprised Wisconsin's stepping up, but they recognize how ridiculous it is. And, and being a state, okay, Cal, uh, with Wisconsin being just north of me, it's Illinois' backyard. <laughs> um, man, you know, we get some pretty nasty winters. I'm just outside Chicago. I'm not as far north as Wisconsin is. But damn, it gets cold. And it gets, I mean, can you imagine trying to heat your home with electricity? If you if they if they completely outlaw natural gas because it's so dangerous and bad, how are people going to heat their homes? Oh, you can't burn wood either. Too much carbon. What are you going to heat it with an electric heater? Again, where does the electricity come from? So it's a good thing that we see Wisconsin stepping up to the plate to push back on this lunacy. More states need to push back. What are your thoughts? Comment below. Sponsor alert. Amid bank runs and money printing, consider gold with Noble Gold Investments. It's stable and outside government control. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com for a free five ounce coin if eligible. Click more for the link. Thanks for watching. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the video. Now keep up your quest for truth with this next news report. And if you found our channel enlightening, join the millions who agree with you. Tap subscribe. Thank you for watching the Next News Network. All righty then. Yeah. The thing is, and this is what we're going to cover in the next article, is so-called electric vehicles, so-called green vehicles, are not really green. Plug-in hybrid electric vehicles produce five times more greenhouse gases than claimed by manufacturers. Well, isn't that special? A new report has revealed that plug-in hybrid vehicles, or PHEVs, produce much more greenhouse gases than their manufacturers claim. The, prog uh, the progress report by the Climate Change Committee has independent public body, uh, and an independent public body in the United Kingdom said that PHEVs produce up to five times more greenhouse gases than expected. PHEVs can combine a traditional combustion engine with a battery and electric motors. Chris Stark, the CEO of the CCC, stated that achieving net zero targets is worryingly slow. He even criticized that heavy reliance uh, of the government on carbon capture instead of people, or instead of asking people to reduce their high carbon activities. Again, all of this is insanity. Uh, Stark noted that contribution of the uh, transportation sector to overall emissions known as the carbon budget is higher than anticipated. He revealed that the government now expects surface transport emissions to exceed the levels outlined in the net zero strategy by the mid-2030s. Furthermore, Stark said the latest data shows that carbon savings from plug-in hybrid cars are, are lower than expected. 
the actual carbon savings are three to five times lower than the initial assumptions. That's because they were assuming something, <laughs> facts not in evidence, as they say in court. This revelation questioned the environmental effectiveness of PHEVs and their contribution to the overall emission reduction goals. Real-world performance of PHEVs exceeds advertised emissions. In a similar study, the think tank Transport and Environment Organization, uh, in collaboration with the Graz University of Technology in Austria, uh, conducted tests proving that the latest PHEV models, including the BMW 3 Series 330e xDrive, the Peugeot 308 Hybrid 225, and Renault uh, Megane E-Tech Plug-in Hybrid 160, emit at least three times more carbon dioxide than advanced or than advertised when batteries are fully charged. Hmm. The same test revealed that these vehicles could emit up to seven times their advertised carbon dioxide outputs when running solely on combustion engines during typical city commutes. This is not the first time concerns about PHEV's emissions have been raised. Two years ago, Transport and the Environment found that these vehicles emitted more CO2 than advertised on longer routes. The uh, recent reviews has exposed their failure to meet emissions targets, even on shorter commuter routes. The study measures the emissions and electric-only driving range of the uh, three tested models. The BMW 3 Series emitted more than three times its official rating on a typical commuter route, with CO2 emissions of 112 grams per kilometer, compared to the official rating of 36 grams per kilometer. The Peugeot 308 and Renault Megane PHEVs performed better, but emitted 20% and 70% more CO2 than officially claimed. <laughs> Additionally, this study found that the electric-only driving ranges of the tested vehicles fell short of official figures. The Peugeot PHEV achieved only 20.9 miles in electric mode, compared to the claimed 39.1. While the BMW managed 25.6 miles instead of 34.8 miles, the Renault uh, had an electric range of 31 miles, meeting the official claim, but potentially falling short for many commuters. Richard Hedrick, uh, excuse me, Hebditch, <laughs> the director of the Transport and Environment UK, highlighted the difference between the advertised emissions of PHEVs and their real-world performance. He said the, tr uh, the truth is they pollute far more than advertised and are a dangerous, dangerous distraction from full electrification. The government's plan to uh, decarbonize driving must be based on the reality of their emissions, not only the company's the industry's claims follow robocars.news for more more news about the uh, hybrid and electric vehicles watch this clip from american journal on infowars as host harrison smith explains why electric vehicles are vehicles are actually worse for the environment so let's do that electronic vehicles are terrible for the environment roger mcgrath took the time to spell it out recently in chronicles magazine as he noted, supplying the materials necessary for the battery of an electric car alone, just a battery, requires, and we're quoting, processing using fossil fuels, of course, of at least 50 tons of ores. 
Ooh, it takes a lot of energy to process ore. A single battery for an electric car needs at least, quote, 30 pounds of lithium, 60 pounds of cobalt, 130 pounds of nickel, 90 pounds of copper, 190 pounds of graphite, and roughly 500 pounds of steel, aluminum, magnesium, plastic, and other materials, end quote, all of which are derived from mining. Oh, where's that mining going to take place? Well, in third world countries with no environmental regulations whatsoever. How is this good for the environment? Speak slowly so we can understand. You need to defend your civilization against the onslaught of this cancer of progressivism, liberalism, and globalist brainwashing. This is a life or death situation. No messing around. The prescription is two doses of InfoWars taken daily. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Final segment of American Journal today. We're going to talk about energy a little bit. The green new scam, the, the global climate change scam that uh, so much of the open destruction is being predicated upon has never been more obvious, more apparent, less believable. And even the solutions that they're suggesting fly in the face of just basic logic. In fact, there are some pretty apparent inconsistencies in some of the instructions that people are given. In fact, California, two days ago or so, just a few days ago, announced that they were going to ban the selling of gasoline-only vehicles in the state by something like 2030, 2035. No more gas-powered vehicles, only electric. Okay, we're only going to have electric vehicles, but also – our energy grid is overloaded. Please don't charge your electric vehicles. A little bit of an inconsistency there. Some sort of cognitive dissonance is going on that I would think a baby or a retarded dog would be able to figure out. But apparently liberals are not up to that standard. California power grid officials warn of blackouts, urge residents to conserve energy, set thermostats to 78 degrees or higher, avoid, avoid using large appliances and charging electric vehicles, and turn off unnecessary lights. This from the California ISO heat bulletin, August 30th, 2022. So at the same time that they are making it illegal or impossible to buy gasoline cars and forcing you to get electric vehicles, the energy grid is not able to charge them. And this total dissidence is just completely disregarded by the people pushing this. Germany has also been warned about blackouts. Blackouts threaten Germany as proliferation of heat pumps and e-vehicles drive power demand to new heights. So here again, yet again, their big solution, electric vehicles are causing massive overloads of the energy grid, which are, of course, powered by Fossil fuels anyway, so you know your electric vehicle is just a coal-powered vehicle or a natural gas-powered vehicle, and they're overloading the system, and Germany is now going to experience rolling blackouts, just like California, just like Texas. None of this stuff happened five years ago. That's because they hadn't rolled out the plan yet, not in its full force and weight. This guy, Robin Kabanak, has some useful uh, advice for Germans. He says, Germans, Germany may have some blackouts in the near future. In South Africa, we call this load shedding, and we've been experiencing it for 15 years. 
Yes, folks, it's the South Africanization of the entire Western world. He says the sun is your friend. You can get solar options for lighting and, and uh, cooking. For food, you can use small gas uh, stoves. For heat, you can use a wood stove. Uh, you know, wood is your friend, so just chop down the trees. You know, that's the the beneficial environmental way to do things. Uh, if you have money lying around, buy a small generator to charge batteries. Of course, you have to get gasoline to buy those generators. So that'll be illegal as well. Otherwise, use torches, solar light, or gas cooker. Oh, if the blackouts affect water supply, stock up heavily on bodied, uh, bottled water. So, you know, you can just revert back to caveman days where you're using fire to, to heat your, your food in your home and, you know, you can keep a barrel of water. Or, I tell you what, here's the other option. You just get rid of the people doing this to you, right? You just stop this process in its tracks and go back to when it was not like this. Three years ago, one year ago, before you decided to commit suicide over Ukraine and Russia before you decided to destroy your farming and destroy your ability to produce energy because of some unattainable and unscientific vague climate change goals. You can just stop the people who are doing this to you from doing this to you, and then you don't have to change your life at all. Then you can just keep living in a first world country. That's the other option. So I guess the choice is yours. Become a caveman, revert to pre-industrial age, where you are poverty stricken and your very survival is a struggle and an effort and comfort is not even in your concern because merely not freezing to death is your number one priority. Or, or the other option is find the people that are doing this to you and stop letting them run the country. I, I, guess, I guess that's up to you. I guess it's up to you what you do. You know, it's like, Here's here's how you deal with uh, here's how you deal with the guy using a bat to break all of your bones. You know your your bones aren't going to work anymore, so you're going to have to figure out how to uh, cook food without using your hands, and you're going to have to learn how to get around without using your feet because your bones are broken. Or you can just fight the guy who's beating you with a bat and stop him from breaking all of your bones and destroying your infrastructure. It's up to you, I guess. Be a victim and learn how to get used to being a victim and learn how to adapt to their attacks against you or fight back and stop them from doing this to you. The choice is yours, Germany, America, California, Texas. The choice is ours. I'm gonna go to this video from Tucker Carlson now. It's one of those examples of things that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, but Tucker Carlson does such a great job of putting it all together. Uh, do we have the Tucker Carlson video? I put it in the folder late. All right, let's go to Tucker Carlson now talking about the complete lies and fabrications and nonsense of the so-called green agenda. Let's watch. Banning gasoline engines, which we've had for more than 100 years, which have completely defined modern society. And that if you're a normal person in this country and don't use the subway from the Upper West Side to Midtown every day, but actually drive like the overwhelming majority of Americans, this is the biggest change in your lifetime. Have you been consulted on it? We'll stop it there and we'll come back after the break. Uh, the music should be starting any second now. <laughs> Half the time I can't hear it, but uh, hopefully uh, it's going. And uh, we'll be back in three minutes with more Your DIY Help at the top of the hour.
Today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. Apparently, uh, the timing's off, and I stopped the thing about a minute early. Uh, normally, the music starts at the 26-and-a-half-minute point, and it didn't start until the 27-and-a-half-minute point. So we'll kind of keep that in mind uh, this next hour and see where we go. I'm going to want to go back to the electric vehicle report uh, by uh, Harrison uh, Smith on uh, Nat- or InfoWars, and they were playing a video from Tucker Carlson. Let me go ahead and back this up just a smidge. See where we'll just start where he started up. Oop. Here we go. Watch. Banning gasoline engines, which we have had for more than 100 years, which have completely defined modern society, and that if you're a normal person in this country and don't use the subway from the Upper West Side to Midtown every day, but actually drive like the overwhelming majority of Americans, this is the biggest change in your lifetime. Have you been consulted on it? Has there been a debate about it? No. All you hear is you must do this because it's good for the environment, but that's a lie. It's measurably a lie. Electronic vehicles are terrible for the environment. Roger McGrath took the time to spell it out recently in Chronicles Magazine. As he noted, supplying the materials necessary for the battery of an electric car alone, just the battery, requires, and we're quoting, processing using fossil fuels, of course, of at least 50 tons of ores. Ooh, it takes a lot of energy to process ore. A single battery for an electric car needs at least, quote, 30 pounds of lithium, 60 pounds of cobalt, 130 pounds of nickel, 90 pounds of copper, 190 pounds of graphite, and roughly 500 pounds of steel, aluminum, magnesium, plastic, and other materials, end quote all of which are derived from mining. Oh, where's that mining gonna take place? Well, in third world countries with no environmental regulations whatsoever. How is this good for the environment? Speak slowly so we can understand. And yet in California, under Gavin Newsom's new order, every vehicle would require those materials. Here's the problem. We don't have that much lithium or cobalt in the United States. So where are those elements going to come from which are required for electric vehicles? Well, lithium mines in China. Did you know the answer to that already? Probably did. And the Congo. Let's go exploit Africa so we can feel virtuous. As the New York Times reported last year, and we're quoting, production of raw materials like lithium, cobalt, and nickel that are essential to electronic vehicle technologies are often ruinous to land, water, wildlife, and people. End quote. And by the way, land, water, wildlife, and people are exactly the four things that the environmental lobby has no interest in at all in. They don't care about the land, they don't care about the water, they don't care about the wildlife, and they don't care about the people. It's not about that at all. It's a religion, it's about making them feel like good people and increasing their control over you, period. Period, that's exactly right. And again, it's it's not even a matter of your ideology, your belief, it's just a matter of cold hard facts, of just logic, of just, 
understanding what is actually happening and know that uh, you know electric vehicles uh, along with being completely pointless since they are mostly derived from coal or natural gas anyway and require this massive you know destruction of the earth just to get the materials to make them they also are all hooked up to a grid where they can be surveilled and controlled by remote so that's the other big convenience of uh, electric vehicles let's go now to clip number 14 this is uh, about nickel one of the other primary components of electric vehicles let's watch so it says nickel is the unsung hero in the electric vehicle battery Nickel demand for the clean energy transition is expected to increase increase 19 times by 2040. Most new nickel supply growth comes from the rainforest of Indonesia. Oh, look at that beautiful rainforest that's just dirt now. Look, it's just piles of dirt and poisonous lead. Nickel lacerates uh, lie beneath rainforest. Hold on, go back. I want to read. Uh, I want to read that because that's an important uh, important point here. So literally, to get nickel, you have to deforest rainforest. As the forest is cleared, stored carbon is released, and the region's extremely high localized biodiversity is destroyed. Let's keep going. Saving the earth, folks. Mud runoffs clog rivers, pollute coastlines, once fertile fishing lands. Uh, pollutants contaminate air and water, causing all sorts of horrible things. Processing this low-grade material emissions creates toxic waste. But it's for the earth, folks, and if you're against it, then you're a terrorist that hates the globe. Ladies and gentlemen, if millions of people get this book are funding. Yeah, you're a terrorist who hates the globe. <laughs> oh, man. And there's all kinds of information out there talking about the uh, uh, third world countries where this mining takes place and much of it, especially the cobalt mines little kids you know things that would be against the law in the united states these companies are using little kids child labor to mine these uh, rare earth elements for these batteries and then once the battery is used there's no recycling it and it doesn't break down so you've got tons and tons and tons of toxic waste going into landfills and everything else and if an electric car gets damaged if it's in a wreck the generally the insurance company scrap the whole car it's not like you can uh, fix part of it or whatnot especially the battery battery is <laughs> batteries trashed so uh yeah it's it's an absolutely insane proposition and the people that are pushing this stuff just flat out don't care Either they are ignorant and think these things are actually good when they're not, or they honestly know the truth and still don't care because they're not trying to save the environment. They're trying to imprison and enslave the populations, period. Anyway, let's see what else is going on. Uh, top brass military officers give Macron ultimatum to end riots in France. Supreme Court in crisis, according to media, because it finally agrees with most Americans that affirmative action is a racist policy. <laughs> oh, boy. Migrant violence. Uh, rioters in France destroy one of the world's oldest public libraries. 
Yeah, I think this is over a 17-year-old kid that was driving a car without a license, was shot by police, and, uh, of course, all the migrants decided they were going to do what they always do and just go berserk and destroy everything. One of the oldest and most historic public libraries in the world, the Alcazar Library in Marseille, is no more after illegal immigrants stormed the facility and burned it to the ground this week. In case you missed it, riots broke out among France's migrants after a North African teenager who threatened a police officer was shot while trying to flee the scene in his car. After that, the nation's migrants, after their leftist white supporters started burning and destroying everything in sight. Uh, Let's see here. Fires, break-ins, even looting of police vehicles. All the usual stuff is unfolding according to the script. Good grief. One report explains referring to all the chaos as the George Floyd wave of hellfire and damnation. In addition, protesters who many claim are migrants and left-wing Antifa types are targeting banks, blocking roads, and even setting cars on fire. Officials claim they arrested a staggering 667 rioters in just one night. Every time a black criminal dies at the hands of police, cities burn, thanks to the globalists. Some of the damage can be fixed, but not necessarily to uh, prized historic facilities like the Alcazar Library, which the following video shows has been completely destroyed. Well, once again, let's uh, set this up to stream. Here we go. there. As you can see, Marseille's largest public library is gone, and the white woman captured in the blow image could not be happier. Good grief. Grief sticking, stricken while France burns. Yeah. Good grief. The main woman in the photo is actually the mother of the boy who was shot. Huh. She is celebrating the fact that France is burning after her son, who engaged in criminal behavior, refused justice, and put others at risk, ultimately resulting in his being shot by law enforcement. Hmm. There was another explosion in the old port of Marseille. Uh, To quote left-wing CNN affiliate BFMTV, Because no casualties were reported, BFMTV implied, much like our own media did post-George Floyd. (laughs) Mostly peaceful protests while everything in the background is burning. Perhaps no casualties were reported is the new mostly peaceful protest reported revolver about the strange choice of words used by the BMFTV reporting. You know things are bad when even CNN is reporting it. As for the Alcazar Library burning, BMFTV simply wrote that the historic treasure had been vandalized during the night, failing intentionally to report on the full scope of what was actually happening as, or what actually happened as seen in the above video footage. This is one, uh, this is way more than just property damage we're talking about, Revolver added. This was the city's cultural heart and soul they destroyed. 
But honestly, do these uh, lumpen proletariat rioters even care? Of course not. They went ahead with their sickening plan without giving a second thought to the massive culture loss they were causing. But why would they care? They don't appreciate French culture and would likely prefer a one-world society anyway. Other French institutions being targeted by the angry, violent migrants include schools, town halls, and police stations, the latter of which are being protected by police officers using tear gas, water cannons, and uh, dispersion grenades against the rioters. All of this is why Hungary President Viktor Orban is fiercely opposed to opening up his country's borders to these so-called migrants. Good for him who are just violent criminals lying in wait for a false flag catalyst so they can burn down white countries. The latest news about the collapse of France and Western Europe at the hands of illegal migrants and the global pow- globalist power brokers who are ushering them all in can be found at collapse.news. Good grief. This is nuts. The world has gone absolutely crazy. Report by 2030, each family will only be allowed three items of new clothing a year and no more meat. Yeah, I've been hearing stuff about that. Uh, Let's see here. Let's take a look. In 2019, a report entitled The Future of Urban Consumption in a 1.5 degree centigrade world was released at outlined tar- that outlined targets for the cities of the world to reach by the end by the year 2030 in order to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and align themselves with the tenets of the 2015 Paris Agreement. Nuts. That report has since been re-emphasized in year 2023, revealing that the plan is to limit limit the amount of clothing a person buys to just three new garments per year as well as restricted air travel to just one flight every three years. Oh, and no more meat eating, period. The plan is to implement these green restrictions, starting with the countries that consume the most. This more than likely means Western countries like the United States and Canada that are considered to be first world, though that designation is rapidly changing (laughs) the more these two countries get flooded with illegal migrants. City leaders are encouraged to start re- uh, really pushing for these uh, climate goals to be implemented now, which is already happening in places like New York City, where Mayor Eric Adams has put forth anti-meat guidelines for New Yorkers to follow in order to prevent global warming and climate change. Another moron. The report demonstrates that mayors have an uh, even bigger role that uh, an opportunity to help avert climate emergency than previously thought, said Mark Watts, the executive director of C40. While the analysis addresses big global questions, its purpose is to inspire practical action. Average consumption-based emissions in C40 cities must have, uh, must have within the uh, next 10 years. In our wealthiest and highest consuming cities, that means a reduction of two-thirds by more than 2030. Are you ready to live in a world governed by climate-obsessed patsy mayors? The C40, by the way, is a global network of mayors 
that collectively represents about 25% of the global economy. Mayor Adams of New York City is presumably one such mayor who has been quite outspoken as of late in favor of imposing drastic climate restrictions. And keep, uh, keep in mind that the 100 or so official C40 cities are not the only places where anti-meat, anti-flying, and anti-new clothing measures are being pushed. There are more than a thousand cities around the world that have indicated their commitment to the scheme, which has less than seven years to come to fully come to fruition for reasons that some believe have prophetic significance. The ARUP, uh, Global Network of Experts, often boasts that it shapes cities in a thousand ways. ARUP has 17,000 members and offices in 46 of the 97 countries that officially comprise the C40 Global Network. C40 and ARUP have uh, worked together since 2009 and have collaborated on dystopian publications such as Deadline 2020, Green and Thriving Neighborhoods, and a guide for creating net zero neighborhoods, one media report explains. But these collaborations have not come about without money changing hands. In 2015, ARUP committed to investing $1 million over the course of three years into the research partnership with the C40. Later in 2019, ARUP committed another $3 million to cover to the C40 over the course of three years. In 2023, ARUP continued to invest in C40 with up to $300,000 a year to help C40s drive resilience and decarbonization in cities around the world. The same aforementioned report explains about how these two groups are working closely together to transform the planet into a green new world. So unsurprisingly, in March 2023, C40 cities re-highlighted the C19 C40 RUP consumer-based emissions report in an article titled, A Spotlight on Consumption-Based Emissions. Good grief. What a bunch of crap. And people fall for this stuff. If I'm elected, there won't be any red states or blue states. They'll all be green states, according to that schmuck. No gas, green new deal states. No fracking, no drilling, no fracking, no coal, no fracking. <laughs> Little air, wind uh, turbines everywhere that are worthless. Russia says U.S. engineering GMO mosquitoes to launch biowarfare attack on Moscow. They're already launching a biowarfare attack on the Americans. So, you know, they're just spreading it everywhere. Thank you, Bill Gates. French riders have burned 5,600 vehicles and 1,000 buildings in just one week. Wow, they're up in the game. CDC deaths involving street dug uh, Xylazine have increased 15-fold in the U.S. in just three years. DOJ is obstructing IRS probe into Hunter Biden's taxes from the millions he earned in business deals overseas. No surprise there. Smuggling network caught using fake FedEx vans to smuggle migrants past U.S. Border Patrol checkpoints. <laughs> Good grief. OceanGate still advertising $250,000 trips to see Titanic wreckage weeks after its Titan submersible imploded. How many people would want to do that now, even if they had another one? <laughs> uh, 
self own. Joy Reed says she only got into Harvard because of affirmative action. That's probably true. Stupid as she is, probably couldn't pass the test. Uh, covered this on my show yesterday, but good grief, this is sad. Actress Katerina Pavlik opts for assisted suicide following COVID booster shot injuries. That is so sad. Slovakian model and actress Katarina Pavlik, known for her work on Fox Sports Live 2013, The Mindy Project in 2012, and Marry Me in 2014, has died after choosing to end her own life through assisted suicide. Pavlik, whose final days were spent in Leistal, Switzerland, had just previously received a Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 booster shot which she was told would help enhance her immune system. Instead, Bavlik's uh, health post-injection deteriorated significantly, according to Evie magazine. Like most people, Pavlik thought the jab would improve her immune system. Instead, it did the opposite, and she suffered heavily as a result. Pavlik was diagnosed with incurable chronic neurological illness known as myalgic encephalomyelitis, Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, or ME-CFS, a long-term illness with wide range of symptoms that affects daily activities. At times, this condition may confine people to their beds. ME-CFS can worsen if individuals with this illness overwork themselves. The model was also suspected of having respiratory ALS, or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or Lou Gehrig's disease a neurodegenerative disorder that weakens the muscles involved in breathing and swallowing. Developing ME-CFS from COVID jabs usually means a person's life ends, even if they don't opt for assisted suicide. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, a.k.a. the COVID death cult, categorized myalgic encephalomyelitis and chronic fatigue syndrome as a complex and debilitating illness, just like Evie Magazine reported, it in terms of Pavlik's pre-suicide suffering. CDC fully admits that people who develop ME-CFS are typically unable to do their usual activities and are instead often confined to their beds in misery. ME-CFS sufferers also develop overwhelming fatigue and never seems to improve even with prolonged period, uh, periods of rest. Good grief. MECFS may get worse after any activity, whether it's physical or mental, reports explain, adding that, that people with MECFS sometimes do not even appear ill, even when they are suffering tremendously. MECFS sufferers essentially lose their ability to perform normal everyday tasks, such as preparing a meal or even just taking a shower. They are typically prevented from keeping a job, going to school, and taking part in family and social life like normal people. Unfortunately, those who develop it, uh, ME-CFS can uh, take many years to go away and oftentimes leads to serious disabilities. At least 25% of ME-CFS patients end up being a bed or at least housebound for the duration of their illness. On June 1st, 2023, Pavlik let her Instagram followers know that she had made the tough decision to opt for assisted suicide in order to alleviate the endless pain and suffering she developed as a result of getting, getting boosted for the Fauci flu. Hi guys, 
Over the last 10 days, I became severely ill again, homebound, unable to do much, Pavlik wrote in the post. My body is too weak to fight this illness, and I have no more strength, so I made the decision to end my life at Pegasus Association in Switzerland. I was diagnosed with untreatable chronic neurological illness. Yeah, that's the problem. You go to an MD, and it's always untreatable. And they don't know what caused it. They don't know what makes it go away. They'll just give you drugs and that kind of thing. MECFS uh, caused by booster jab on top of having a suspected respiratory ALS. This illness made me disabled, unable to work or have social life, and unable to work, enjoy life altogether. Breathing has become more difficult and uh, more and more difficult and painful for me, and my lung function has been declining. Thank you all for your friendship and support over the last year. Good grief. So, because, you know, just like it says in Hosea 4, 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And that's exactly what's going on here. That she found out about, you know, science-based clinically verified medical nutrition and the iTerra care wand, chances are she could have regained her life and gotten it back. But instead, she listened to the medical deities, and now she's dead. Absolutely sad. How many other people are in the same game? Um, many others have been in that same boat. Turn on your TV and all you ever see is ask your doctor if it's right for you and me. So when you ask your doctor, what do you think he'll say? Of course it's right, you dummy. Let's get you hooked on it today. Wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die, long as they get their piece of pie. Mm, my, my, my. And welcome back to the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network and simulcasting on Spreaker and uh, Jitsi and uh, free conference call. Um, man, a lot of craziness going on in the world today. And um, there was one I wanted to take a look at here. Where did it go? Whistleblower. Ukraine is harvesting organs of children in laboratories. New film on children's on child sex. Hmm. Let's see what we got here. Whistleblower from OSCE, the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe has recently gone public describing laboratories found in buildings in Ukraine bombed by Russians where children are being kept in basements where their organs are being harvested. Oh, isn't that nice? A whistleblower who worked with the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe revealed in a video interview that Ukrainian Nazi groups are harvesting the organs of children in basement adrenochrome labs that are being discovered after the buildings are destroyed by Russian strikes. Vera 
Vayamon, uh, who is a member of the OSCE and worked in Ukraine as part of an international monitoring mission, made the horrifying revelations in a video interview that corroborates earlier reports from the Russian military and even from the Ukrainian military themselves, who have openly bragged that they harvest organs of children and body parts for cash. And you can bet that Zelensky knows about it and is probably involved in it. According to Vera Vayman, um, who shared her testimony about what she personally witnessed during her time in Ukraine, the children are shipped out of the country under a grain export code. Yowzer. Warning, this is very disturbing information. How to escape the heat if you don't have an air conditioner. This only takes five minutes. Tired of hot... A whistleblower who worked with the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe revealed in a video interview that Ukrainian Nazi groups are harvesting the organs of children in basement labs that are being discovered after the buildings are being destroyed by Russian strikes. Vera Veyman, who is a member of the OSCE and worked in Ukraine as part of an international monitoring mission, made the horrifying revelations in a video interview that corroborates earlier reports from the Russian military and even from the Ukrainian military themselves, who have openly bragged that they harvest organs of children and body parts for cash. Before we dive in, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and join the People's Voice Locals community for uncensored and exclusive content. The link is below this video. According to Vera Veyman, who shared her testimony about what she personally witnessed during her time in Ukraine, the children are shipped out of the country under a grain export code. Warning, this is very disturbing information. Это нацбаты, они, соответственно, занимались, они получали процент со сделки свой, и они занимались тем, что убивали детей. Органы они помещали в контейнеры, контейнеры дальше продавались. They received commissions from their deals, and the containers were taken out of the country under the grain export, liquidated eight such labs, but looked like something that would be called basements. Нечто похожее на то, что мы называем подвалами. For the most part, we'd get there after they were cleared. In other words, a lab would be discovered after an explosion. We'd walk onto the ashes of the subsequent fire. There were corpses, there were children. Dissected children. I mean, kids were cut up. Damning stuff, but it gets even worse. After this quick break, we have information from a Russian news segment that Western mainstream media is determined to suppress. But first, an important word from our sponsor. I know I should eat healthier, but I don't. Dr. Beans, and I'll tell you why. Please select. And I tell you, and if you're like me, you'll feel healthy. It's working. Use promo code before the attractive ones are sold as sex slaves to elite pedophiles. And those who don't find buyers are carved up like discarded waste, and their organs are harvested and sold for use at European and Israeli transplant centers. Where children between the ages of two and six TPV. As the People's Voice reported, Russian soldiers are claiming that they've made a series of hideous discoveries inside Ukraine, where children between the ages of two and seven are being raised in factory farm conditions before the attractive ones are sold as sex slaves to elite pedophiles. And those who don't find buyers are carved up like discarded waste, 
and their organs are harvested and sold for use at European and Israeli transplant centers. A group, as it turns out, was gathering kids around these little ones from two to six or seven years old. They're bringing them to a particular place. There they got undressed. They got carved up like discarded waste. They were either just kept in pits or taken out somewhere. And those guys, they, you know, we're talking about them kids as if, as if they were slaughtering some livestock like a piglet or a rabbit. They were like, yeah, we bought them as if they're some farm, you understand? These implantations, they took organs. I had heard about it, but I didn't believe it. Until seeing all this with one's own eyes, one cannot comprehend it. But when they see it, you won't forget. According to the Kremlin, the Kiev regime has been earning hundreds of millions of dollars per year by raising children in degrading factory farm conditions and selling them to the highest bidder on the international market. No questions asked. It's understood that most of the buyers are VIP pedophiles with elite connections. And as these children don't have identities or official papers, they are a pedophile's dream because in a legal sense, they don't exist. Western mainstream media has been complicit in its silence about Ukraine's child factory farms even attempting to dismiss the evidence as the latest Russian disinformation campaign. There is a whole elite funded media industry, including fact checkers, working hard to convince anyone who'll listen that any claims out of Russia are fake news and that Ukrainian Nazis deserve our support and taxpayer dollars. As Putin recently said about the US media, either they don't understand the damage they are doing to their own country, in which case they are simply stupid, or they understand everything in which case they are dangerous and corrupt. If you're wondering what sort of human being could possibly engage in dismembering children for the international trade in adrenochrome, we have more video evidence to share with you. Meet Vladimir Vasilovich, a Ukrainian field surgeon who boasted in an online video chat that he harvests organs and eyes of wounded Russian soldiers that he picks up on the battlefield for sale in the international market. I'm a field surgeon. Your pig's legs. Mostly, mostly I cut off legs and arms of your pigs. Talk about Russian soldiers. And eyes. You know how much the German grandmother's paper eye sockets? Mostly maybe recorded because he is a doctor. I'm very glad that I came here. I have two days of vacation and I'm at my home. And I cut out your 27-year-old animals, cut out the eyes, cut out the kidneys and liver. I'll tell you more. If he's coming to me brought to me and he's missing a leg, to me he's a corpse already. My boss is almost always telling me, Vladimir Vasilievich, can you at least give him a bit of painkiller so they don't rock him up? I say, of course, I will do it, but I don't do this. I cut out their eyes and these animals and enjoy it. 
Gotol is not lost. Brave patriots are fighting back against the international trade in children. Mel Gibson has now declared that he has nothing left to lose and is determined to play his part in bringing awareness to child trafficking and eradicating the evil of elite paedophilia, regardless of the personal consequences. Sound of Freedom tells the story of Tim Ballard, a former CIA operative who quits his job as a special agent with Homeland Security Investigations. Early reports indicate that the film exposes VIP paedophilia and child trafficking. Tim Ballard recently told a crowd that the four-part docuseries, executive produced by Tony Robbins, was nearing completion. And he also revealed that Gibson has dedicated his life to saving children from elite paedophiles. Got a phone call from Mel Gibson. He actually did the final edit of The Sound of Freedom. That's how we know each other, but not well, not well enough that I'd be getting phone calls. He told me that he was in Budapest at the time. This was right hours after the invasion. And he said he supports a bunch of orphans in Ukraine and he was worried about them. And he asked if I could help get them out. So now I've got 12 from my wife. I got 13 others from Mel Gibson. And I'm thinking, okay, I got this list of kids I got to get out. Um, I told Mel, I said, you got to help me. This is going to be expensive. I won't ask you for direct donation, but can you help me film this? You know, let's film what's happening so we can get people to understand and they can support us. He said, no problem. He helped us get set up and started filming. Four months later, what I thought was going to be maybe a documentary about Ukraine ends up being a four-part docuseries. It's almost done. It's being produced by DNA Films and executive produced by Tony Robbins. That's how crazy it got and how prophetic my wife was. When I showed up in Ukraine with a list of, I think, 20 names, the Ukrainians countered me and gave me over 10,000 names of orphans that they didn't know where they were because of the chaos caused by war. And more importantly, and, and more frightening to me was the fact that I know that human trafficking is a $32 billion a year business, the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world. And I also know how kids get forced into that market. And it's through vulnerable situations, like in the aftermath of a hurricane, mostly in a developed country or an earthquake, or in this case, a war. And so the traffickers call it harvest time. And that was the intel we were getting. And so we weren't just there to extract those kids, but look for leads. And it really was a miracle what happened. You know, it's, it's one of these things that, you know, faith precedes the miracle. I take a lot of comfort in the fact that there's only one time in the scripture where Jesus gets mafioso. It's righteous because it's Jesus doing it. But if you listen to his words, it's mafioso. He says that it would be better for you to have a millstone cast about your neck and you thrown to the bottom of the sea than that you would hurt one of these little ones, my children. That's mafioso action, sinking someone to the bottom of the ocean. And Jesus said it. So I know where he stands on it. So I can expect and we can expect miracles when we're fighting to protect children. I said earlier that the mainstream media is complicit in its silence, more interested in promoting big pharma products and acting as the PR department of the Democratic Party. The media appears completely uninterested in the real world issues that have a direct influence on the lives of our children. If you want to live in a world that's safe for our children, it's time to make a stand. Here at The People's Voice, we are determined to continue exposing the crimes of the globalist elite and report on the things that really matter, but we can't do it alone. Subscribe to the channel and share this video with anyone you know who is receptive to the truth. And feel free to join The People's Voice Locals community. I hope to see you there. All right.
This report by the People's Voice also includes a clip of speech by Tim Ballard, former special agent for the Department of Homeland Security, who was assigned to the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. Talks about how Mel Gibson contacted him, which we heard. And uh, Ballard is the central character in a new movie being released this week titled The Sound of Freedom, where actor Jim Caviezel dramatizes the character of Tim Ballard and his work in uh, rescuing children from Columbia. Again, all they got to do is go to the southern border. They can rescue them all day long from the Catholic services, you know, Catholic, uh, what do you call it, um, charities, and so many others. There's a lot of church groups that have been used for this very thing. News about this film has been widely publicized, promoted by the alternative media, particularly conservative Christian right alternative media. It is an important, uh, it's important to note that the film is a dramatization and has limits to just what actually is being exposed in the real worldwide child sex trafficking industry. Here's what Tim Ballard's own website has published about the film uh, that is being premiered this week. Sound of Freedom based on a true story, and uh, we covered pretty much most of this at the uh, beginning of the show, so I'm not going to do the whole thing again. And I want to see if I can find the other one that was talking about uh, Christian churches. Um, where is that? Ah, here we go. Exposing how Christian churches participate and facilitate human sex trafficking. Sex Trafficking Via Christian Ministries. For the past three plus years, I've exposed the American corporate Christian churches as willing participants in the satanic culture, encouraging them, their members to cooperate in the government, uh, with the government in the tyrannical COVID measures, including the lockdowns and closure of religious houses of worship, as well as becoming vaccine clinics and receiving government funding to inject their members with the satanic bioweapon shots, including children. But even prior to the COVID scam, I have exposed the corporate Christian church's participation in child sex trafficking by receiving government funding for the U.S. government's child welfare programs, including foster care and adoptions. This child welfare system is the main pipeline for child exploitation and sex trafficking, and the entire evil system would be crippled and brought to its knees if the Christian churches just stopped participating in it and stopped receiving government funding to, par uh, to parent other, children's, uh, other people's children. Christian churches redefine the meaning of orphan to justify participating in child trafficking. And even though I have been exposing this horrible problem for years now, I have yet to hear any testimonies how a single church has stepped forward to say they would not stop receiving government funds to foster and adopt other people's children. Almost every single Christian church in America today believes they are doing God's work by participating in the government's child welfare system and taking children away from their biological families where they are often called orphans, even though in almost every single case that child still has family members who would willingly care for them if they were just allowed to do so. And for the very uh, few children who are truly our orphans and have nobody to care for them, why does a nonprofit church have to receive government funds to enter into their satan satanic child welfare system? 
where the state has total control over that child, even while in the custody of a foster family, rather than just take care of that child themselves without being paid by the government. But it gets even worse as the number of clergy who are arrested and convicted of child sex abuse or child sex trafficking is probably at a much higher rate than even the general non-Christian population. It was reported last month, May of 2023, for example, that one-third of the Catholic churches in California face bankruptcy as they deal with over 3,000 lawsuits alleging sex abuse. At least a third of the 12 Roman Catholic dioceses in California have either filed for bankruptcy or are contemplating doing so to deal with the influx of lawsuits filed by survivors of childhood sexual abuse after a state law opened a three-year window in which cases were exempted from age limits. More than 3,000 lawsuits have been filed against Catholic, the Catholic Church in California under a 2019 state law that allowed alleged victims to sue up to the age of 40. Advocates have been stunned with the number of cases that surfaced on, uh, during the window, which closed at the end of December. In 2019, the Houston Chronicle ran an uh, investigative report that found widespread child sex abuse by over 220 Southern Baptist leaders against, uh, against more than 700 victims. And there's links there for those uh, articles. Um, and this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to child sex abuse and trafficking in the Christian churches. Here are a few other articles where we have exposed this, and they've got a whole bunch more. And now Christian churches across the U.S. are about to become even more dangerous for young children uh, who are sexually abused in uh, several states are introducing legislation that will require pastors, priests, and other clergy to become mandated uh, reporters when they discover that a child is being sexually abused within their church, rather than trying to deal with the issues uh, themselves within their congregations. Making uh, clergy mandated reporters, no prayer, this uh, curbs child abuse. Uh, law requ laws requiring most professionals dealing with children to report any suspicion of child abuse put where put were put in place decades ago, with no studies beforehand to see if they would work. Now that mandatory reporting finally has been studied, the evidence shows that it has backfired. Mandatory reporting drives families away from seeking help and overloads the system with false reports, making it harder to find out the relatively few children in real danger. Many one-time proponents have had second thoughts, but instead of heeding that research, in several states, legislators have proposed mandatory expansion reporting into the few fields that has typically been viewed as sacrosanct, the clergy. There are campaigns to include clergy in states where they are excluded from such mandates entirely or eliminate the exemption uh, for what is the literal unfigurative sacred space of the confessional. This concept is sure to backfire. It will do nothing to catch predators among the clergy. Meanwhile, it will take away what may be uh, the one place an improved, impoverished parent can still turn to help without fear of an investigation by family police. There are many fake humanitarians that actually run cover for their churches. Hundreds of churches, pastors, and priests are in the process of being exposed for human trafficking. It may be thousands. 
Here's another video clip from a recently in, uh, produced documentary, documentary, Cages, Epic Human, human Trafficking Truth, where a whistleblower reveals how human trafficking at the Arizona-Mexican border is putting many migrants onto the streets of Phoenix where Christian ministries track them as part of their homeless ministries. All righty, here we go. We've got not quite I started working in, in the streets of Phoenix um, with a church group helping feed the homeless and to rescue sex traffic girls out of the streets. Um, we have encountered endless homeless encampments everywhere. Um, the police officers in the process of this, we were finding that the police officers were not um, helping the homeless people. We would get donations, take them to the streets, and they would be rounded up, moved, and told to either if they whatever they couldn't pick up of their supplies that were donated to them, they would be taken and thrown into the trash. Um, they were moving the homeless people to this massive encampment down by the Capitol. Um, a lot of articles have been coming out about the growth of of the people that are being sent down there and herded down there. Um, an, another article came out just recently. Um, they are burning infants in the street. They're burning adults in the street. There's murders all the time. Multiple times when we have gone down, it's called Cass is the area um, that helps the homeless people. They're, they have beds and food and all that. So the company or the, the acronym is called CAS. Um, the police would drive by and ask us if we were comfortable being down there, if we didn't feel scared and should we be down there? Um, just trying to dissuade us from pursuing helping any of these people. We were finding pregnant women um, that were in desperate need of help, you know, nine months pregnant, laying out in the streets. Um, they, um, one girl, she, her story was she was brought into the hospital, delivered the baby C-section and was sent right back out to the, to the streets of um, Phoenix, which, you know, if you go down there and you see the feces, the urine, the disease, um, it's just not a healthy, safe place for a, you know, a, a mother or an infant. Um, people were being bribed to take the COVID jab while they were down there. Um, these were the reports of the homeless people. One time I found a woman literally gushing blood from her head. Um, held up in a, in a tent area, just, it was crazy. It was literally crazy. She called the police and they will not come and help them. They will not come. They say, you know, basically you're on your own, you're down here. And she even told me there's no point. They won't come and help us. Um, and it is getting to the point where it is so dangerous. I have personally witnessed it being literally like the zombie apocalypse. It, we would pull up, we would park, unload food, and they would just stumble out of the tents completely out of their minds. Just, it was like a movie of them coming at you uh, just by the hundreds. You could never park in the middle of the city or in the middle of the encampment because there's too many of them. They, you know, it used to be 700, 900, 1,000. Now, I don't know. 
there are so many, you would never want to park in the middle because you'd never get out. Um, and now the stabbing, the shooting, the murders, it, it's 